This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Leakey. All right, I'm here with Shelby Liebler. We're here in Detroit. Yep. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, uh, so we, we have known each other since 2007, which is crazy to a think about. A long time That's ago, yeah. It's been that long. But uh, I moved to Detroit right out of high school, and that's when we met each other. We had mutual friends at that time. Uh, but you didn't, you didn't live in Detroit exactly. You grew up in St. Clair Shores, which is just a, a little outside of Detroit. Yep. Uh, a little suburb. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about what that was like uh, growing up being a little outside of Detroit. Uh, I think that growing up in St. Clair Shores, you still had a strong connection with downtown, but that was because my dad uh, was a professor at Wayne State, so going downtown for things was a very normal activity. But um, being in St. Clair Shores, there was a sense of pride about it because my parents had grown up there, and it was just something that was in our roots to... That's where we lived, and then we did everything in Detroit that we needed to do, but we always had this place to go back to that was a nice little city on the lake, and mm-hmm. it's really only like 13 miles, I think 13 miles, outside of Detroit. So nothing was out of reach for us. Right. So, yeah. So you, you brought up uh, your dad as a professor. What uh, what did he teach? So at the time, growing up, he always... Um, taught strictly English and labor study classes. Uh, And then as I started going to Wayne State, he began to teach a Beatles with English class mix, which I ended up in that class at a certain point. Um, And it actually had this spring break trip where we went to England and Liverpool to go through all the places that the Beatles were. So it was a really cool experience, and now he does that with labor studies and English, but the Beatles class is probably one of the most popular classes at Wayne State. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. I remember, so I actually took classes at Wayne State. Knowing you at the time, I looked to see what it, what it would take to, to do that class, and <laughs> there's like a ton of prereqs yes. to get to that, and it was mostly... English and I'm terrible with my oh, grammar yeah, and you. so I, I just was like Ugh, I can't I believe I can't yeah work towards that I guess it was but, a 3,000 level class it still is and yeah. Uh, yeah you definitely had to have basic and then your intermediate composition class because the whole class was um, writing research papers on the Beatles and their influence on your own life and then like the life of the world around us what what have the Beatles done for us it's a lot yeah totally. <laughs> it's heavy it's crazy so. the, the influence of everything that they've established within everybody's life at yeah. some level yes but um so that means to a big degree that as a child you grew up with the Beatles then because of your dad right absolutely I don't remember time without the Beatles (laughs) like I uh, being two three years old dancing in the living room to the Beatles it was just 
they were like another member of the family. <laughs> right. So yeah, there was a never a time without him. What, what do you know? How your dad became such a huge Beatles fan, and why he wanted to teach it? Um, he became a fan after watching the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, I believe he was like nine or ten years old, and the whole Beatles mania thing began, and he was definitely a part of it. Um, he really wanted like a Beatles wig, and his grandmother was like, no, because she was really into Elvis, and um, his grandma raised him. So she was really into Elvis, which my dad also liked, and I love Elvis as well, but he wanted to be the Beatles. He wanted to be a fifth Beatle. He <laughs> wanted everything to do with it, and um, it, I think once you're into the Beatles, there's no escaping it. You don't just like like them for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you are done with them you're right. never done with them every time you hear it it just brings you back to life i was just listening to abbey road last week and i was like oh my gosh this album like every time you hear it, it's like hearing it for the first time right so um he just had always explained that feeling that you get every time you hear the beatles and it just it was true there was no denying it so uh, his love and passion for him was just easy to pass on <laughs> to both my brother and myself. We we both really grew up with the Beatles. <laughs> hmm. so. so you mentioned uh, that you went to Liverpool then? Yeah, in uh, college. And, and to uh, to go check out maybe the cavern and, and we other were there, yeah. locations that are uh, places where... Where the, the Beatles, Beatles became, uh, began, and yeah. and even to the point to where they ended, um, we saw everything. We saw the the rooftop where they played. Uh, yeah, went to the, Apple for the Studios. last like show that they did. Technically, yeah, yeah. Um, that's above the their studios, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we just wa- we did the same walk that they did in a hard day's night movie where they come running out of the train station we did the same thing um (laughs) there's just every you go through london you go to liverpool there's just the beatles are just all over there yeah i mean you can't go to a location where something (laughs) beetle-ish happened so that was uh, an amazing trip and i think there was people on the trip that weren't so much Beatle fans. They just wanted to go, and they left there with, like, Beatle shirts on and Beatle bags <laughs> and Beatle wigs. and <laughs> Yeah. So, and, you know, this is 40 years after these guys became huge, and people are still falling in love with right. them. So. I, so I went to Liverpool in 2015. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Liverpool fan for uh, football. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to go to a game, but I, I checked out uh, one of the museums there, and that was incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. Did you do the uh, magical mystery tour? No, you it, get on like this psychedelic bus, bus and they, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> no, I so I was there, like Christmas Eve through Boxing Day. Oh, so okay. A, a lot of things were already just shut down yeah but there was one museum that was open so yeah it was uh just in- incredible to experience that like uh they had like one, a white 
John Lennon's piano. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, a bunch of other, you know, just everything you can think of. It's yeah. just incredible to yeah. experience. It is. So, what, uh, as your dad is uh, just huge on the Beatles, why, why did it connect so much with you as a kid and still even today? I think at every stage of your life, the lyrics mean something. Um, like it evolves? Yeah. I just remember being a kid and hearing, I get by with a little help from my friends. And what that meant to me then was my friends helping me get through Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> and then as an adult, it meaning a, a whole different level of friendship. Right. And uh, um, But yeah, I mean, I their lyrics just go with you. They don't they don't become too childish or and as a child you think something like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds like that would be way out of a child's reach but it's not it opens up your mind and it made me think uh, it probably made me creative and um, I started writing poetry as a little kid and I I would say that the only reason and my dad's a poet as well but the only reason I could write was because of the Beatles influence and as an eight-year-old writing poems, it was because the Beatles influenced me. They opened that part of my brain that couldn't be opened any other way. So, yeah. so let's let's keep talking about the Beatles. Uh, do you have any particular favorite of the? I the do. Four? I do. It, it's hard to pick, but uh, George Harrison has always been uh, <laughs> the the man to me. There's just something about him. He is. Uh, I always remember being young and being like, why does nobody pay attention to that guy? Like, that guy is the one who has it all. They always talk about Paul, of course, because he's the showman. And then John, which is my dad's favorite, is John Lennon. Um, And I just, and, you know, Ringo's the goofy guy. But George just stood out to me, even though he was the quiet one. He was was the one that was, like, the Paul to me that stood out. Yeah. So, um... Was that something, just his presence, like in the shows that you may have seen, or was it the, the certain songs, like maybe Here Comes the Sun or, or yeah. something? Yeah, and even in his solo career, just all his songs just hit your soul. Yeah. <laughs> and they they can apply to any part of your life. And yeah, his music was just, it was different, but it it just reached you. Mm-hmm. Um, more, I mean, not that the other ones didn't, but it would just reach you in a different way. And the way that he took life and was very calm and very uh, peaceful. I wanted to live my life like he was living. And, you know, John Lennon is a great guy, but he was an angry guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to live like John Lennon. I wanted to live like George. So, not that I'm not saying John Lennon's a bad guy. Love John too. <laughs> yeah. So, would not speak ill of him. <laughs> so, you you mentioned earlier your uh, your grandma uh, being a huge fan of Elvis. Yeah. And that also was someone that you took to listening to as a as a child as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, explain what he meant to you. Well, I think originally Elvis may have been my uh, 
first crush ever. I just thought that was the best looking man I had ever seen in my life. And I was about five. <laughs> so um, I think that's where it started. And then it wasn't Elvis that was the hound dog Elvis. It was the that's all right mama Elvis that I just, oh, hearing that voice, it pulled me into, it was just something I had never heard before. And I just remember being this kid. And my dad liked Elvis, too, so he played his records, too. And when I say records, my dad yeah, did play I'm records, sure. like yeah. real records. Nice. <laughs> um, these were his childhood records we had in our basement, like mm, five stands full of records. And they were legit, yeah. uh, like from the 50s and 60s. Wow. So um, I would pull off the Elvis ones and just stare at this guy and... His voice, they always say it's like velvet, and it, I mean, it really is. <laughs> There's nothing like Elvis Presley. Yeah. So, um, but as I got older, too, even appreciating the number one hits, it was just, he was just, there's nothing else like him, and there never will be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he took rock and roll to, like, to getting to a stage, I mean, it had already been established, but to take it to something where everybody was listening to mm -hmm. it, he established that. Yeah, by far. And there was so much fight back from people too. Like, you can't move your hips that way. You can't right. do that. And it, he just was like, "I don't care. I'm going to." Because when music hits you, it hits you, mm -hmm. and you will move the way you want to move. And um, just yeah, I mean, I think. I must have, my dad must have showed me clips to everything because I always remember watching it and seeing it. Um, so seeing him perform on stage. And in my mind, and maybe because it was, you know, the 80s and 90s and it wasn't that big of a deal because I also had Madonna that I was looking up to who grinded all over a stage. So seeing him move like that, I'm like, he's not moving in a poor way. Like, that's, that's how you move to music. Right. So, um... Yeah, I never really understood the fight that happened, but he was so strong through it, and he just did not give up who he was, and he wasn't going to change. And the world fell in love with him. <laughs> so. Yeah. So you just mentioned Madonna, and Madonna was uh, who you were listening to as a teen, mm -hmm. uh, primarily. Was that because that was a female that, like, spoke to you or uh was it just something about her act that was very appealing because the the it's not just the music for her i feel like that appeals to fans it's it's the the presentation of mm -hmm. the entertaining side of her as well i agree yeah she was a a performer performer yeah as well as you know a fabulous singer and could perform. She wasn't a Britney Spears where she was playing a record while she was performing. She was performing. It was all. It's an art to her. Mm -hmm. um, I also found a strong connection with her because she was from Detroit, yeah. and I felt like if she's from Detroit and I'm from Detroit and she's a strong woman, and it wasn't so much like I'm going to grow up and be a star like Madonna, but I'm going to grow up and be strong like Madonna, and not care what other people think of me, and still change the world and she did she yeah. did change the world so um yeah that's a i mean some of the first music videos that i can remember 
or Madonna, like like a prayer, mm. and uh, not finding a cross burning weird, <laughs> like it was just artistic, and being able to understand that at that age, I don't know, there's something about that, <laughs> yeah. and I think it was the music and the what my dad had made me see that made me open to this world that was abstract and just I don't know I don't know pushing, like, maybe pushing the boundaries yeah. yeah I think you should always push the boundaries with everything right so yeah my, my dad yeah. was somebody that got me into Madonna really yeah and um, I don't know if he he wasn't so much into her but he knew that that was someone that I would connect with okay because and it really was because of her Detroit roots. I mean, that when I figured out that she was from here, that just changed everything. And that she went to U of M, and like it was just, and now her daughter goes to U of M. Like she still has her Detroit roots. So, yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> what, other, uh, what other music were you listening to in middle and high school? Well, I don't know if I would necessarily admit it, but I guess <laughs> since you've asked, uh, Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys, yeah. which I mean, like that was just kind of our era, is listening to that. Uh, that was when rap music was uh, good. Uh, so listening to all sorts of, uh, I even Petey Pop I mean like <laughs> music was good then <laughs> um, so it was listening that was always kind of the weird thing about me though is I loved the Beatles and I loved Elvis and then here I am also listening to Britney Spears like there was no like I'm only going to listen to this type of but I will never listen to country so there is that okay. except for Shania Twain okay. I, I did like her but um, it might have been that whole strong woman thing she was huge in the late 90s so, yeah. Like, and I think you're right. The, the just that having that strong uh, mentality as a woman. Yeah, and I went to an all-girl high school. Oh. So we kind of had that in us, and so any, but and this was back when um, VH1 did the Divas Live specials, and so like Celine Dion and Shania Twain and uh, Mariah Carey, yeah. these people were these divas but diva wasn't a bad word it was like you wanted to be a diva you wanted because they were strong mm -hmm. and they they did what they wanted to do and nobody was going to stop them so i remember and i listened to a lot of Celine dion but that's because i'm obsessed with leonardo dicaprio and titanic came out and <laughs> so she kind of just snuck her way in there <laughs> i wouldn't say i had a whole lot of connection with her besides titanic so yeah but that just your heart will go on yes it will for always <laughs> so i every time i hear that song it brings me back to being in eighth grade and being like ah leo <laughs> you're still a huge leo fan yes did you did you watch uh once upon a yes Hollywood? i just saw it last night <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> yeah never miss a premiere of a leo movie oh. that's my rule <laughs> so i had a four-year break in between them just now so I would say that it was good, but I don't know. You got to see it for yourself, but okay. it's very uh, Quentin Tarantino right. style. So you got to appreciate his art, which 
if you look at it like that, it's good. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm definitely planning on seeing it. So. Yeah. But um, so what what like you mentioned Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys? I'm sure NSYNC and 98 mm-hmm. Degrees and and yeah. others were involved in that too. What uh what made that that new style of pop so appealing or appetizing as a a teenager because it wasn't just you i mean it was everybody was eating up that style of pop yeah i i really think it was the performance of it i mean this was at a time where uh the music awards mtv music awards were a big thing and watching them be on stage and perform it didn't you knew they weren't singing live and you still didn't care you still wanted to see it um it was their whole the the act the the dancing the right i mean they sang on their albums but it wasn't like it, they had the they did not have elvis voices they were <laughs> not uh memorable but it was just their whole way and i mean britney spears is still around today so she's still going um so is backstreet boys but they've had yeah i don't like five comeback albums so yeah i don't know if I, <laughs> you know i used to go to their concerts back then I, yeah I, you couldn't drag me to one now but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the whole new kids on the block thing too i think people just want to connect with something from their youth and so like all these girls are going i don't remember new kids on the block that well right but you know that's a big thing now is everyone goes to these concerts yeah there's there's like a there's always some 80s uh, or a 90s kind of you know show yeah or maybe like a specific band mm-hmm. cover band oh yeah it's it, they're everywhere they're everywhere it's just there's like, a, that one i love the 90s and i'll admit i've gone to those shows yeah. just to hear the songs again yeah and not that they were even good songs it just brings you back to this time right. or it's very mm-hmm. nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, let's uh, let's jump to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Wayne State. Went to Wayne State. Yep. And you're listening to Oasis. Yeah. This is this isn't the mid '90s. No. When you're in college. No, I started college in 2002. So, so how, it, how it's does after. That, how does that happen? And I what? actually went to see them in concert in college at the Fox Theater. How was it? <laughs> it was amazing. It was, I like, in tears, like, crying because yeah. their music moved me that much. Um, they, I don't know how I got into them. I don't know where it happened, but it happened. Yeah. And it was right when I entered college. Uh, driving to the orientation, I was, like, blasting the CD and just, like... Uh, those uh, well and i do think the whole beatles tied into them is what really pulled me in it was like a newer beatles but the influence that they had on them right i i I found that kind of mind-blowing i think liam wanted once said that he wanted to be bigger than the beatles yeah and but yet he always tried to emulate them yeah and which is i don't know how yeah you can't be how you can make that yeah. happen. But, I mean, you're talking about the Beatles that have, like, this large catalog of songs that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not but, everyone knows Oasis. Yeah. Or cares about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, and I still do. I still, um, 
Uh, yeah, like Don't Look Back and Anger. Yeah. They're just songs that Champagne, Supernova, they just speak to you. Right. And I don't know what it was about that part of my life. Maybe because it was a change anyways, going from high school to college and not knowing what I was doing yet. Um, I don't know. But yeah, Oasis and... I think it was totally their tie to the Beatles that kind of pulled me into it. But it came out of nowhere. <laughs> I think I found my brother must have had the CD, and uh, that's where it started. <laughs> so, Morning Glory? Yeah. That that album yeah. you're referring to? Yeah, but then I got into all of them. Yeah. I hit all of them. So, but that was, yeah, the Morning Glory was the one that started it all. Yeah. So and there wasn't a single song that I would skip over. Or anything. Not even like, the swamp songs. No, no, I just I like couldn't get enough. It was just so new to me. But I always kind of hit the the stuff after it's been something, and then I'm like, oh, okay, fine, now I'll listen. That's even with like shows. Like right now, um, Breaking Bad's been off the air how long? And I'm watching it for the first time. Like, I, oh my gosh, why doesn't everyone watch this show? And my husband's like they did <laughs> like you're a little late to it right. so i think that's something to my personality okay <laughs> yeah you mentioned you saw them live mm -hmm. and they're they're probably the one of those bands that i'll probably never see live because yeah. they, they just hate each other mm -hmm. which is so unfortunate yeah it'll never happen yeah. not now it's... but yeah seeing them live was but uh the best person to see live and if you do he'll be back because uh, he'll never die but paul mccartney if you haven't seen him live you're not living so um, i'm not living <laughs> no you're not you yeah. got I, I i've been to a show four or five times now and i mean and drove to like grand rapids for it not just here yeah um you have to there's nothing like paul mccartney live <laughs> Like, explain what is it that makes it so enjoyable. I know, uh, you know, because I've seen, like, from the Olympics, mm -hmm. he, he played uh, Let It Be. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen some other performances. Like, the, the drummer looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, but I, but what, what, what is it about the show that's so he, well, fantastic? He doesn't stop. That's one thing. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't stop. And this guy's pushing 80 if he's not 80 yet. He, I think he's 78 or something. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't stop. He also, and I always appreciate this, is he doesn't deny his past. Like, the Beatles are his past, and, like, he still appreciates and loves every member of that band. And um, at certain points of the show, he gives a shout-out and does a song for one of those members. And like one of the most emotional parts of, and he's done this almost in every show I've been, is he sings a song to John Lennon. And it's very emotional. And um, Do you remember what song? It's called, I like to think of the name of it. Um, it it's, he sings, a, he says like, uh, if you were still here, I would say I love you, and I would say this, and I would say I appreciate you, and um, it, it might be called If You Were Still Here. It might. It's not a super popular song, okay. but um, while he's doing it, it's like clips of him and John Lennon in the background, and there's not a dry eye in the house. Right. Like, and 
just his um he gives a shout out to linda and sings maybe i'm amazed and Hmm. i mean this guy has every part and he doesn't forget things like and people have said that if you meet him he won't forget you and like this is he's a a bigger than anything in this universe and people 60 years of yeah playing music and and people mean something to him still right and he Every fan in the audience, I mean, he looks at all the signs. And and this guy doesn't have to do any of that. He doesn't have to acknowledge us. He can come out and play 10 songs, and people would still pay $300. But he connects with you, and it's this two-and-a-half-hour show of him connecting. You feel like you're just sitting in his living room with the guy. Right. And he makes you feel important. And I don't, I, I've never seen another legend like him do something like that because but usually by that time in your life you don't care about anyone else you have all the money in the world you have all the fame yeah. like you don't need everyone else but he's not like that hmm. which i always found uh inspiring i want to be that guy that like at the end of my life appreciates people still and doesn't feel like i'm above them yeah you know so yes please go see him <laughs> He'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. So after college, uh, John Mayer mm-hmm. becomes a, a a huge help to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that? Uh, John Mayer twice has uh, saved my broken heart. Uh, Continuum, the album, both times. Didn't matter how old it was. The first time it was actually just released. Um, that was... It's it been like, 2006, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, that, and that was uh, the first time that I was heartbroken and confused and um, didn't know what to do, but the album made things clear. And kind of when you get to the end of that album, you find that he's going to be okay. And with him being okay, you're like, I'm going to be okay, too. Right. Because the whole album's about him being sad and heartbroken and trying to heal himself. And Waiting he, on the world to change. Yeah, like, I mean, that, it's just every song. And every song, the minute you hear, like, the first strum of his guitar, you're like, oh, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> um, and then it came around again for me. I, six or seven years later, I, I had to deal with heartache again. And that same album just kind of pulled me out of it. You know, sitting in bed crying, and then putting on John Mayer, and you're like, actually, I'm going to get up and do something. And I'm going to be okay. And this isn't the end of the world. He's still going. <laughs> so, um, and I'm going to go see him live in concert, too. And this will be my second time. I think these artists, there's certain artists that you have to see live. And I, I believe he's one of them as okay. well. So I've, I've only heard amazing things yeah. about his live performances. Yeah, there's just something to him. And he's kind of one of those very um, pulls you in as an audience and appreciates you being there. Yeah. Um, there's just something to that. Hmm. What, so you mentioned there was kind of this emotional uh, way to, for you to heal mm-hmm. through the music. Any idea as to... Was it something in the the lyrics? Like you said, you know, yeah, I'm fine. But was it just kind of this uh, something 
deeper than that that was I think, at play? Or is it the just because it was these breakups? I don't, you know, I feel like with him, his guitar speaks to you. You don't have to hear his lyrics. It's the guitar. It's these, um, the way he plays it speaks for itself. Hmm. You you don't, I mean, the lyrics add to it for sure. But um, I always felt like it was, if I had an all instrumental John Mayer album, I'd be okay. <laughs> like he, it just, it hits your heart and it heals it. <laughs> and that's what music's supposed to do, right? Like, it's supposed to heal you. <laughs> it's supposed to reach you in ways that words can't. Right. So, yeah, lyrics do speak to you, but sometimes it's more the music itself that's speaking to you. And I feel that way about John Mayer. Mm. So. And a lot of the times, like, on his Instagram, he'll just post, like, him playing the guitar. And that's in 30 seconds of him doing that and you're like okay i'm gonna have a good day today (laughs) i don't know there's just something about it nice so uh are there any artists or songs that are speaking to you currently at the moment i know you kind of mentioned you know when music used to be good (laughs) so i don't know if it's if uh like current artists yeah you know, I, I find that, that what is her name? <laughs> and I think it might be because she's uh, Billy I I I Eilish, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if her lyrics are speaking to me or just her style, her oddness. I like that. Okay. And I like that for, uh, I'm a teacher, so I like that for my students to, she's not, she's not the pretty little, I'm going to sit here and be, you know, whatever you want me to be. Right. And I like that because it reaches them and it doesn't put them in a mold. That, and that was different from when I was in high school is I had to be put in the mold of Britney Spears. Right. So, and you had to look like Britney Spears. And especially since I went to a Catholic school, you better look like she looked in a uniform. <laughs> and, it, and I didn't. <laughs> so um, I, I like that girl just because she- I like how she connects with young people yeah she's huge with, yeah um students that i interact with myself yes. it's just they crazy love her how uh, how much of an influence she has with young it, kids right now and she does i mean she really reaches them which she doesn't have the look that you think no. that they would connect to and then when you look at it you're like yeah they do want that they want someone who isn't a mold of someone else. <laughs> yeah, I think the kids that I see, they want they want authenticity. Mm-hmm. Even though they're struggling to to work towards that themselves. Yeah, well, I think we live in this world that is kind of so fake <laughs> that they they need that. Yeah, they they need someone that isn't bullshitting them and she definitely isn't she she's something yeah and i believe is she from liverpool or is she just from london or something los angeles oh really yeah i thought she was british for some reason but yeah there's not a whole lot of other artists out there um i think that that post malone has an interesting voice i like his voice i don't know if 
I connect with his music. Just because it's like soothing? Yeah. It's kind of... Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Like weird stuff. Like weird... I don't want... I'm done with all the, you know... But, I mean, I, I appreciated the Britney Spears and the Spice Girls and stuff, but right. I don't need it again. <laughs> I don't know if any of us need it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was good. <laughs> it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, as a, uh, so you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. You, uh, do you want to share us, you know, what grade and what you're teaching? Sure. Uh, I teach uh, in Dearborn. Uh, for Dearborn Public Schools and I'm teaching English and I teach 6th and 8th grade um, and actually in 8th grade we read The Outsiders which I get to talk about my music and the Beatles and the Elvis and oh. how it connects to the, I don't know if you've ever read The Outsiders but there's two gangs and one likes the Beatles and one likes Elvis and um, being able to teach the kids about that and they are so these kids are 12 years old some of them are from different countries some of them have never heard of elvis some of them have never heard of the beatles and then some of them have um but we do this whole thing where like we vote on who we like more the beatles or elvis and i play all these different videos for them and um it's it's fun to watch them connect in to music that some of them have never heard yeah. And, we'll, and I'll try to find, like, not-so-popular songs to see who they really lean towards. Oh, okay. And I would say most of the time, um, and this is something that's interesting, because I used to do the same thing. I used to teach in southwest Detroit, and my southwest Detroit kids always liked Elvis more. And now my Dearborn kids always like the Beatles more. So I always find, and these schools are only about four miles apart, so I right. find that interesting. But you have you have different population yeah too totally yeah within the those schools yeah so and that's interesting to see with the right. different populations how people connect differently what do you think makes what 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 do you think the connections are for those i feel like elvis is a little more uh scandalous <laughs> and uh the kids in southwest kind of need that scandal <laughs> that yeah. they connect to it the the just the rougher look to them and the rougher just everything about them and then the Beatles are very clean cut and they're doing what they're told and they're not swinging their hips all over and I think the Dearborn kids connect to that because oh. that's kind of they're up their their life yeah that's what's expected of yeah. them you do what you're supposed to do and you yeah they think their hair like looks goofy <laughs> but they're like yeah, they have a suit on. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like early Beatles right. stuff. So you show them like uh, when they got into Harry Krishna and stuff, and then they're like, what are they doing? <laughs> so show them I am the walrus, and oh. they're like, oh, my God, these people, <laughs> what yeah. is going on? <laughs> so um, I show them early, especially since the novel takes place during the early period for both of those okay. acts. So, yeah, yeah. but I, I always enjoy teaching that because of that connection right. there so yeah. are there any other things that you do to that's uh, related to music with your students let's let me think well we do i every year i like to do um a decades report with them mm -hmm. and make them pick a decade uh they can't pick now so because 
I want them to explore something else. But I always find interesting when the kids that pick like the 2000s and that it's just so bizarre to them. And I'm like, I was, was like, your, yeah, I'm like, that why was your is prime. That? And then like, you know, they have to research music and movies and we'll you know they put them in their slideshow and we're playing on the board like in sync and they're like what the heck are these guys doing <laughs> and i'm sitting there like yeah bye 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 <laughs> and they're like not getting it <laughs> so um we do stuff like that and it's just fun to see their reaction and to things that i mean 80s 90s and 2000s i know this i lived that stuff so um but of course with kids they're like weren't you alive in the 60s too it's like no <laughs> no it was not <laughs> so um, and then some kids even go as far back to picking like 1920s and they'll do like big bands and, stuff. Yeah, and right like I, yeah, yeah and i think that's really cool because that is not something that you would expect and they like it wow. so it, it's fun to see them connect with things and then and then their disconnection with things too is fun to see because to me it means something to them they're like no <laughs> so they're definitely a no on uh, justin timberlake's frosted tips they do not like that wow. <laughs> no they're like ew <laughs> so but i'm sure in like five years it'll be cool again yeah. so you know why do we need why do we need music why is it important to for music to be listened to what is it uh what does it do for us i think the biggest uh part of music is how it it brings people together um i mean i think with most people you know you have some sort of song that reminds you of them or that you've listened to together uh and it it fills voids that need to be filled in everyone's life um there if you ever like been sitting in a room and you feel sad and you're down and you're like what am i gonna do and then you put on a song and then you're okay after just from like three minutes <laughs> and mm -hmm. you're healed not completely I, I don't think music completely makes you into it but it inspires you to be something better than you were yeah the three minutes prior so and I think that the connection it gives you with other humans um, and with music even without lyrics and that goes back to the Beatles is when you go to Russia those people love the Beatles too they can't speak English they speak Russian but the Beatles mean something to them and everywhere you go music can connect it doesn't you don't have to speak the language the music is its own language <laughs> so and just the connection and the healing and how it reaches you. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. And I think if we didn't have it, I don't know if humans would exist. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's music. <laughs> well, Shelby, thanks for, for doing this. It was awesome. Yes. Was thank great. you for having me. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kaya Leakty. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.